All righty. It's great to have you in. We are absolutely packed today. Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. It is great to have you in. Plenty of stuff to go over today. Conference championship games are this weekend. And we are excited. <laughs> uh, I get to do my favorite segment of the year where we rank the potential Super Bowl matchups uh, in the order of which not really where we're going to get the best game, but where we're going to get the best storylines, how interesting these games are going to be. Uh, we're going to get all of that uh, in a little bit more today. We'll pick the games, obviously. Uh, plenty of stuff that we want to touch on. Uh, no Matt today. He's going to be with us every Friday, but not here today. It's going to be traditional Friday. Just me here. My apologies. <laughs> um, but again, if you want to reach out to the show, interact with the show here on the Landry Football Podcast Network, you can, again, watch it on Twitch, interact with me through the chat, or tweet at me, at MikeGuido49. That's at MikeGuido49. You can tweet at me. You can interact with the show. We can answer questions. We can do all of those different things. So, uh First off, I do want to remind you that Guido's Gridiron Blitz is sponsored by American Betting Experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. What we've done is we've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry football followers and podcast listeners. So here's what you do. Go to our website, LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. Uh, you click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. It's going to be there. You'll see it. Then you pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. They're not legal everywhere, so you got to pick the ones that are legal in your state. That's BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, all of those, right? Uh, you sign up, and then you instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. Let me repeat that. $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or a risk free bet. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page, and then you get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. That is American betting experts. So um, let's get into this. Um, I, usually, I, I usually do this segment once every year. Um, and I usually do it around this time of year because the NFL is the most popular league in America today. Um, and we seem to pay attention to greatness a little bit more uh, in the NFL than we do in other sports. So uh, later in the show today, I'm going to rank the Super Bowl matchups in the way we are going to see them. I'm going to spoil one for you. The one that I have ranked last on that list is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Kansas city chiefs. I don't think anybody, honestly, I don't think anybody should want to watch that matchup. And the reason I'm saying that is because to me, when we talk about dynasties in sports, I think that certain things can be overblown. Okay. I hear all the time within sports media and with, with social media and everything like that. I, I, I hear it all the time. Oh, we want to root for greatness. We want to root for the. And listen, I, I just, I believe in rooting for greatness and rooting for interesting, but it also depends on how you interpret those two things. 
How do you interpret interesting? How you interpret great? Okay, I root for great moments in sports. I don't root for great players. I don't necessarily root for great teams. I root for great stories. Okay, that's usually what I look for. Okay, I find much more value this year in the Super Bowl if the Buffalo Bills win it instead of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just period. Okay, I don't really have any interest in watching Tom Brady win a seventh Super Bowl title. It just doesn't because it doesn't change anything. It doesn't make anybody feel good about themselves other than Buccaneer fans and probably Tom Brady himself and Tom Brady fans that just follow him around everywhere and people that want to make the argument that Brady wins the divorce over Bill Belichick. Okay, I don't think it brings anybody else joy. I don't think anybody else is sitting there saying, oh, I hope the Buccaneers win another Super Bowl. I'm hoping for it. I don't think that that's the case. Because I think we're all kind of tired. I talked to you about this on Monday. Okay, I don't, (laughs) I was, the Buccaneers beat the Saints. And I said, look, the the Brady luck, I mean, it's just inevitable. It's just going to happen. It's good. There's no fighting it. It, it, There's it's, it's going to happen period. It just is. Okay. (laughs) Like, I I don't know what else to tell you, but you get tired of it. I'm just so sick and tired of being sick and tired when it comes to Tom Brady and his success. Right. So I think that Buccaneers chiefs is the one that we really don't want to see as far as Super Bowl matchups, because you're not only dealing with Tom Brady, You're not only dealing with the, oh, here we go again. And again, there are going to be some people out there that think it's amazing to see 43-year-old Tom Brady with first year with a new team, first year in the NFC, go to the NFC Championship game, win the NFC Championship game, represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. There are going to be some people that say, wow, that is just amazing. And it is. But should you root for that? There are going to be some people that say that, but not only are you going to be dealing with Tom Brady going to the Super Bowl, you're going to be dealing with Patrick Mahomes going to the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs for a second straight year. It would be Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. And then I'm going to hear the people, and again, I understand that this is a storyline, and that's fine. I understand that this is a storyline, that it's almost a passing of the torch scenario. Situation. I just combined situation and scenario. How do you like them apples? But <laughs> you get the passing of the torch, sort of. If Patrick Mahomes beats Tom Brady, it's, listen, the old great passes on the torch to the new great. It would be Patrick Mahomes' second Super Bowl, second consecutive Super Bowl. He would already be among one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time because only a hand-select number of QBs in NFL history have won more than one Super Bowl in their career. 13 of them. That's it. So you got to keep in mind, there is that storyline. And I know that people are going to be rooting for the interesting part of, man, Mahomes versus Brady, old versus new. This is, but see, that's not how I interpret interesting. That's not how I interpret great. Okay. 
uh, like I said, I root for great moments. I root for great stories. I don't necessarily root for great teams or great players. Patrick Mahomes is a great player. Kansas City's a great team. Tom Brady's a great player. Tampa Bay's a pretty damn good team. But don't kid yourself. It's not as interesting as you think. If Tom Brady walks away with another Super Bowl ring, are we really going to feel so good about this NFL year? I don't think we are. Okay, here's what I find interesting. This is something that I find interesting. I did a little bit of research before the show today. Who are the two? Who are two of the three smallest markets in the NFL? That would be Green Bay, which is the 139th ranked market in the United States, and the Buffalo Bills. Two incredibly small markets in comparison. Buffalo is somewhere in the 50s. Green Bay is 139th. It's the smallest media market in America. They have one professional sports team. Green Bay has a population of just over 100,000 people. That is tiny. How cool would it be if you saw two franchises who, granted, their fan bases are amazing. Packer fans are great. The I can argue the Buffalo Bill fan base is the best in football. How interesting is it to see the two teams that you think of when you think of small market teams that have grand success, did such a great job building from the ground up, made all the right hires, but I mean, spend, spent their money in the right way. How, how cool would that be if you saw those two teams competing in the Super Bowl? And I understand that the quarterback matchup is probably the least electric, right? It's, it's Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen, and that's not a bad matchup because both are supremely talented players. Okay, the Bills are not necessarily what you would think of as a fireworks show. But boy, are they interesting. Wouldn't it be great? The Bills have never won a Super Bowl. They've gotten there a bunch of times, but they've never won. They've always lost. Wouldn't it be nice the Bills won a Super Bowl? Wouldn't you root for the Bills in the Super Bowl? Wouldn't you root for Green Bay in the Super Bowl? Get Aaron Rodgers his second Super Bowl ring. Root for that 139th ranked market in the United States. Isn't that interesting? Who genuinely has shown a serious interest outside of Tampa Bay and maybe a hand-select few left in New England? How many people are genuinely saying, God, I hope Tom Brady gets another one? How many people are saying, man, I hope Patrick Mahomes wins another one. And it's not really because we've been overwhelmed by Patrick Mahomes already, but it is a sign of things to come, right? After Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl last year, we already got a little taste of what the next decade and a half are going to be like. The Chiefs are going to be a handful for a long time, and they might not be the dynasty that the New England Patriots were. That is so incredibly rare in sports, especially in the NFL. 
dynasty shelf life never lasts in the NFL. The Patriots dynasty is the greatest in NFL history, without a doubt. I mean, they were dominant for 20 years. You never see that. And you can look back on that as a historian and say, wow, that's interesting. But in the moment, don't you get a little tired? Okay, after 20 years, the same act gets a little old. Okay, the story of, well, you just can't keep Tom Brady out of the Super Bowl. It's a little stale in my mind. Now, again, there are going to be people that say, oh, but we root for greatness. And like I said before, I root for great moments, not for great players. Okay, Tom Brady is going to go down as the greatest quarterback of all time, whether I like it or not, right? I don't think Tom Brady revolutionized the position. I don't think Tom Brady changed the game. I don't think anything like that. So I don't think that Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time, despite his success. And I am in the overwhelming minority, and I acknowledge that. That's fine. Peyton Manning's my guy. Because I think nobody else has been more talented and more revolutionary to the quarterback position than him. I don't think that there's been any other quarterback in the league that has been able to do so much with so little than Peyton Manning. There, I just don't think, I don't think that there's another guy that does that. And we can debate that one day or another. But there are people that do tell me, they say, Guido, you're crazy. Guido, you are crazy for not wanting Tom Brady, for not for not rooting for Tom Brady. Why? I don't want to see him win a seventh Super Bowl in 20 years. I'm not rooting for that because that isn't interesting to me. It's same old, same old. It can't be interesting if you see it over and over and over again. Okay. If you go to a Smithsonian museum and you go you go five times a year, you're praying that they put a new exhibit in it because the old stuff is just seen it before. I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice, and I love music. I do. I love musical history. I love the peep, the icons that constructed musical concepts and all of those different things. And that's great. I love it. I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame the first time and I was amazed. It was great. By the second time I went, and this was only a couple of years ago, by the second time I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I was already thinking about, okay, what's our next stop? The same old thing, no matter how great it is, gets old eventually. And that's why, again, I think that the the game that we should be rooting against as fans is Tampa Bay versus Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, because we've seen it all before, and Kansas City, because it's an overwhelming reflection on what is going to happen in the future. The previous dynasty the previous dynasty leader versus the future potential dynasty in his second straight Super Bowl. I don't, I don't view that as interesting. I view that as it's a little defeating. 
because damn Buffalo was so close and I could really root for them. Damn Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers were so close I could really root for them. Okay, it's like in my eyes, <laughs> it's like the Dodgers beating the Cubs before they go to the World Series. Okay, it's like the Yankees beating the Cleveland Indians before they go to the World Series. That's the way I see it. Man, you're really rooting for that great moment. Okay, let me ask you this before we move on. Was there a better feeling in sports over the last decade at least when the Chicago Cubs won the World Series in Major League Baseball after a hundred years, a hundred, were you rooting for the Yankees to win that World Series outside of New York? And I'm a New York Yankee fan, so I was rooting for the for the Yankees for my own selfish reasons. But as a pure baseball fan, I could even tell you, the Yankees weren't winning it. I wanted it to be the Cubs, right? If you're just a general baseball fan where you're rooting for the big monster, where you're rooting for the 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 conglomerate, where you're rooting for the rich guy, were you rooting for that or were you were were you were you rooting for the underdog story? Were you rooting for the guy who went from rags to riches? Are you rooting for that guy? I was. So that's what I think we should be rooting for. We should be rooting for Packers Bills, not Bucks Chiefs. Okay. Uh, like I said, later in the show today, probably around 2.30, uh, maybe not 2.30, maybe like 2.35, 2.40, something like that. We're going to rank the potential Super Bowl matchups um, going forward. So uh, I do want to uh, slide into this. Uh, you know what? We talk about Tom Brady a lot on this show, and I think it's understandable why. I mean, He's going to go down as the greatest quarterback of all time when it's all said and done. It's his first year with a new team. I, I mean, Tom Brady's a walking headline this year, and I get that. Um, you know, and I can even admit sometimes that, God, I just, I'm tired of talking. Like, if if Tom Brady had gotten eliminated in the playoffs last week, then we wouldn't be talking about him. We'd be talking about something else. I don't know what we would be talking about. We'd be talking about something else, right? But here we go. Tom Brady's still here, NFC Championship game. And again, like his first year with a new team. And this year's a little bit awkward because there was no preseason. There was no OTAs. There were no, like, there was way less time to prepare than normal, right? So a lot of teams with brand new head coaches kind of struggled. The Cowboys struggled a little bit, right? Like a lot of these teams with, with brand new head coaches had uh, struggled a little bit. You know, that we're bringing in brand new schemes and everything like that. Not everybody, like Cleveland succeeded. But a lot of these teams that had a new head coaches kind of, you know, struggled a little bit. But Tom Brady didn't seem to struggle. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't really seem to struggle because, well, Tom Brady's Tom Brady, right? <laughs> Bruce Arians said uh, the, uh, the other day, he said, you know, the difference between here, meaning Tampa and New England, is that I let Tom coach. I let Tom coach the team sometimes. Okay. 
Tom Brady's been in this uh, in this league for a long time, and I let him coach because listen, he's got as much experience in this league as a player than pretty much anybody. The guy's been in the league for twenty one years. Crazy how you think that is, right? The guy's won six Super Bowls. He's a three-time MVP. He's been to the Pro Bowl 14 times. I let him coach. You think Bill let him coach? Probably not. Probably not. Bill Belichick probably had most of the control in New England. And I got news for you. It worked. (laughs) It worked in New England. It was good that Bill Belichick had most of the control because six Super Bowl titles in 20 years, pretty darn good. Greatest dynasty in NFL history. I would say that that worked, but Bruce Arians is taking a different approach. And it seems like at least for the most part this year, it seems like that is working at least to some extent, right? So this is the topic that gets brought up a lot in these sort of conversations. Um, You know, the, the divorce conversation gets brought up quite a bit. And most people are telling me today, they're saying, well, it is so easy to see now that Tom Brady won the divorce. Very clearly. He won the divorce. He's in the NFC Championship game, and Bill Belichick is at home playing golf. Right? Like, that. That's the that's the big thing right there, that. Brady won. He's still playing. Bill Belichick's not. He didn't first year without Brady for Bill Belichick in New England. He didn't make the playoffs. And I think there's a lot. I think it goes a lot deeper than that. But let's just, you know, simplify it as that for a second. I do think that the when you talk about the divorce between Brady and Belichick, I don't think it's as simple as just Brady is successful and Belichick's not. I don't think it's that success. I, I don't think it's at, that simple. I do not think it is that simple. So here's the way I look at it. Do we realize that it was a lot easier for Tom Brady to win the divorce than it was for Bill Belichick? Do we realize that? Okay. Tom Brady could choose where he wanted to go. Tom Brady could dictate to an extent who his teammates were. Okay, he could hand pick the playbook that he wanted to run, hand pick the plays that he wants to run. He gets to coach the team. He gets to dictate who's on the team. He gets to choose where he wants to go. Tom Brady had options. Tom Brady could have put himself in a position to succeed. He could have gone anywhere. And it turns out that Tampa Bay was one of those teams where, okay, They have a top 10 defense. They have a good coach with an offensive mind who's been in the league for a long time. They've got crazy wide receivers. They have a decent running game. I can get Gronk back. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to take a shot at Antonio Brown. Add him to the mix. Oh, boy. Yeah. So let's not pretend like that's worthless. Tom Brady could choose everything. He basically customized his football team. Tom Brady built the perfect football team that he thought in his mind would work for him. 
He's got three incredible wide receivers, five really good wide receivers, if you really think about it. Five really good wide receivers, got two great tight ends, two really good running backs, a good running game, uh, a good offensive line, great coaching staff, and a top 10 defense that gets after the quarterback, has a pretty physical secondary, one of the best linebacker duos in the NFL. He pretty much chose all of that. He knew what we he was getting into. What did Bill Belichick get to choose in New England? He didn't get to choose anything. Okay, he was stuck with Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. Stuck with Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. He knew he wasn't going to be anything. So, out of desperation, he signs Cam Newton, who nobody in the league wanted. Absolutely no one. And it showed why, over the course of this season, Cam Newton was absolutely atrocious at playing quarterback this year. He was the only guy left. He was the only guy left. Cam the the Patriots couldn't do any better than Cam Newton because he was the only guy left. Okay, all of Bill Belichick's coaches were poached to other teams, right? Like I had no coaches left. Brian Flores is gone. Joe Judge is gone. I mean, the only guy he's got left is Josh McDaniels. And Josh McDaniels is not guaranteed to stay after this year either. I mean, this is this is crazy. Bill Belichick couldn't choose anything. We do also realize the Patriots draft terribly. The Patriots scouting department is awful. Awful. One of the worst in the league, which is why it made no sense to me why the Houston Texans hired Nick Casario as their GM. Because have you seen the Patriots roster over the past number of years? Look, Bill Belichick, what did he get to choose? Stuck with an eh running game. A pretty good offensive line, I'll give you that. But absolutely no perimeter talent as far as wide receivers or tight ends go. None. <laughs> like, like, absolutely none. Nothing in that department. A terrible quarterback, a terrible group of quarterbacks. And a defense that, again, pretty identical to last year. Didn't choose a whole lot. It was a lot easier for Bill Bel- uh, for Tom Brady to win this divorce than Bill Belichick. Okay, think about it just like a regular divorce. Okay? The side that gets to choose what they want, gets to dictate the terms, bring it to the court, it's a lot easier for them to win, isn't it? A little bit. Not everything gets split 50-50, right? It's not the way divorces work. In this case, not everything was split 50-50. Tom Brady had a big backup plan. Tom Brady had way more resources to work with than Bill. Way more. So, there we go. There we have it. I mean, it was just easier. We can admit that, right? Tom Brady could literally choose wherever he wanted to go, choose his teammates, choose everything. Like, he could do anything that he wanted. Anything. Anything. 
and Bill Belichick was stuck with what was left. I'm very interested to see how the Patriots do next year. I am very curious. I want to see what they do at quarterback next year. If they have a better quarterback next year, I want to see if they have any sort of success. If they do, right? Like, what are we going to say then? Like, yeah, Tom Brady has a way better team than the Patriots. Tom Brady's team in Tampa is a lot better than it is in New England. But I'm really curious to see if there's some sort of fix at quarterback in New England. I want to see if the the tide changes. I want to see if Bill Belichick finds a way to win football games again. Because again, Bill Belichick's starting quarterback in the league last year through a total of what, six or seven touchdown passes all season long? I mean, that's embarrassingly bad. And the Patriots were a game under 500. They were seven and nine. It's not like they were terrible. They were seven and nine. They were almost a playoff. Th- like they weren't too far separated. So I'm just saying, I think it's a lot easier for, for Bill to win the divorce. Uh, I'm sorry for Brady to win the divorce than Bill. It's just had more control. There was more room to, to, to futz around with things. And people are going to say, well, look, Belichick can draft his own guys and make decisions in free agency and all of that stuff. Yeah, but nothing was ready made for him. Okay. Bill has to convince people, hey, come to New England. I know Tom ain't here anymore. Why don't you come to New England? Right? People are going to say, ah, well, yeah, it's cold up there and you know, I don't know who's playing quarterback or might not win as much. Like, who would sign up for that? Plus, playing for Bill Belichick is really hard. It's no walk in the park. Okay, playing for Bill Belichick is not like playing for, I don't know, Sean McVay. As great as Sean McVay is, they have two very different styles. I'd imagine Sean McVay is a lot more easygoing, a lot more player-friendly. Bill Belichick is no screwing around, hard-nosed practice. Okay, you heard Gronk say it before, right? I mean, Gronk was losing his passion for football because of how hard Bill Belichick worked him. And what Bill Belichick did work, it's not a knock. Shit, it's it's for it's for some people and it isn't for some people. It's just the way it is. So fine. Belichick had a lot harder of a time trying to convince people to come play for him. Tom Brady, all he needed to do was go. <laughs> all he needed to do was, was sign a piece of paper to, for a team that was already loaded at wide receiver, already had a good offensive line, already had a good defense, already had a good co- like. Seriously. It's like he got all that stuff for free. Bill Belichick had to pay his dues for this season, and it still didn't work. Brady just kind of got, you know, everything for free. So... Yes, I agree. I think Brady right now is is leading in the divorce category, but you do have to admit, they weren't starting equally. I, I Brady Brady was ahead. Brady got a bit of a head start. Uh okay. Uh I do want to remind you 
don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offers from American betting experts. That's American betting experts. Go to LandryFootball.com. That's LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. You pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. Sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. That's $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. Okay, it's that easy. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. That is American Betting Experts. Uh, Okay. So before, before we get into my favorite segment of the year, where we rank the Super Bowl matchups in the order in which we want to see them. We do have some breaking news, and this is incredibly important for Sunday. The Chiefs have just announced that Patrick Mahomes has cleared the concussion protocol and will play in the AFC Championship game. That is confirmed now. Patrick Mahomes has cleared the concussion protocol and will play in the AFC Championship game on Sunday. If you are a Buffalo Bills fan today, you are throwing up. <laughs> um, yeah, you were really hoping for for Chad Henney in that uh, in that game. Well, you're not going to get it. Deshaun, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to play for the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, and. I probably could have predicted that. I really had a feeling that he was going to play. The Chiefs were pushing him really, really hard. And I don't mean that they were working him really, really hard, but limited participant in practice while he was still in the protocol. They were still having him go through walkthroughs. Like, like they were telling everybody, we are doing everything we can to get Patrick Mahomes available for this game. And that's what they did. So Patrick Mahomes is going to play for the Chiefs on Sunday uh, against the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship game in Kansas City. Uh, so that is something that we can break to you. Now, that's a big that that's big. That's big. Because again, that changes everything. I it, the Chiefs are full strength. I, now, again, it is not a guarantee that Patrick Mahomes is 100%, but Patrick Holmes could be at 75%, and that might still be enough. So it'll be interesting to see. But I do think, you know, regardless of if Patrick Mahomes plays or not, right, because obviously now he's going to play, and we know that now. But even regardless on if he was going to play or not, I think it's important to realize now that the, what, the result of Sunday's game in the AFC Championship game, has a lot more to do with Buffalo than it does with Kansas City. Okay, if Buffalo can find a way to balance their offense a little bit, they can run the ball a little bit, uh, their offense stays electric. Here's a really important stat for you. Okay, the Kansas City Chiefs, since week six, because you got to keep in mind, too, that the Bills and the Chiefs have played each other this year. So, you know, look back at their previous matchup. Okay, the Chiefs were able to win this game. It was in Buffalo, too. Kansas City beat Buffalo early on in the year, 
26 to 17 in Buffalo. Okay, Patrick Mahomes had a pretty decent day. Not amazing, but he did have a pretty decent day. Okay, not really heavily, you know, high volume passing. But it's important to point out that since week six, the Chiefs are ranked 26th in red zone offense. They're 26th in red zone. They're not getting in the end zone. And the reason that that's important is that the Buffalo Bills since week six are number one in red zone defense. The the Bills are not giving up touchdowns. They're not giving up touchdowns. Now, again, this is going to be one of their tougher tests, if not the toughest test that they've had all year. Kansas City's offense is dangerous. And, again, we're going to break a little bit more into this game a little bit later when we pick it. Uh, But this is not – Again, this is a way more interesting game now than it was earlier in the week because now we know that Patrick Mahomes is going to play and uh, we can work with that. That's going to be pretty cool. So uh should be a good game. All right, my favorite segment of the year. This is my favorite segment. I love doing this uh, because I, I really love to get analytical with these things. The top four, again, So there are four possible Super Bowl matchups, and I'm going to rank them one through four to see, you know, based on what we as viewers would like to see. What are the Super Bowl matchups that we want to see? So here we go. I already spoiled it earlier in the show. Number four for me is Buccaneers versus Chiefs. Now, again, I do want to point out that there are some pretty good storylines in this game. Okay. I think that a lot of people would say that Tampa Bay and Kansas City is going to be a pretty good game. Uh, these are two high powered offenses that have a lot of weapons and a lot of speed. Um, they both run the ball pretty well, both pretty good offensive lines, both good offensive head coaches. Okay. Like, I think that most people would say that this would be a pretty good football game, and they're probably right. This would be a pretty good football game. Um, Also, like I said before, there's sort of a passing the torch element to this, right? Well, Patrick Mahomes, if Patrick Mahomes beats Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, it's going to be like, all right, here you go, young fella. Here's, here's, here's the torch. You're the king now, right? Patrick Mahomes would beat the goat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And there would be, like I said, sort of a passing of the torch. Um, And again, also, if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl over Patrick Mahomes. It's it's going to be like, see, Patrick Mahomes. We we give him all this, you know, we give him all this clout. We put him on on this, you know, silver platter. But it seems like the old tried and true is still is still dominating the league. Um, so there is a little bit of a storyline there, but. Uh, listen, the the reason I'm ranking this last, and I, I, I led the show with it today, is because does anybody really want to see it? Like, do outside of Kansas, obviously Kansas City fans, but outside of Tampa Bay, outside of just the Tom Brady fans of the world, like, what is interesting and what is great about, why, or I'll, I'll just boil it down to interesting. What is interesting about watching Tom Brady 
possibly go for his seventh Super Bowl ring. Aren't we all kind of tired of it already? Like, uh, yes, uh, th- there's there's a legacy here, but we are like Tom Brady's already a Hall of Famer. Like he's already the greatest of all time. He's already won more Super Bowls than anybody else. What? Like, what's the deal? Like, now we're just kind of piling on. This is the same old, same old. Like, does anybody really want to watch him go to the NFC? Like, and, and that's another storyline of it, right? He goes to the NFC, and this is the first year in the NFC, and he goes to the Super Bowl first year. Like, it's just, ay ay ay. I just, I don't know what to say. It's just a little tiring. Okay, when you get dynasties that run this long, okay, at some point you want them to end. At some point, you want to say, okay, let's let's move on, all right? So, like I said before, Tom Brady is like, oh, of course Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl. And then you get Patrick Mahomes, and you're going to be like, well, it looks like Patrick Mahomes going to the Super Bowl every year. I, just, I, don't, I don't think fans want that. Okay, It's not how I interpret interesting. Okay, like I said, I root for great moments, great stories, not great players. So, I am in... Uh, on not wanting the Buccaneers versus the Chiefs. And like I said, it could be an interesting game, but that's the game I don't want. And watch, that's going to be the game we get. Um, All right, number three. I am going to go with Buccaneers versus Bills. Again, a a big part of this is I just don't want to see Tom Brady in the Super Bowl again. Okay, I don't want to see. I don't don't find it interesting. I I don't find it interesting. Um. But the cool storyline about Buccaneers-Bills, at least, is, okay, you still get your chance with with Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. And the other cool thing about it is is that Buffalo has been dealing with Tom Brady for the last 20 years when he was in New England, when they were in the same division together. Okay, Tom Brady has owned the Buffalo Bills his entire career. And even in the closest chance that the Bills have had to a Super Bowl in years, they can't escape Tom Brady, and he's in a separate conference. <laughs> I think that there is at least a little bit of entertainment value in that. Um, but the negatives to this is, again, you know, I, I think that when you think, I think it's a less, uh, I think it would be a less exciting game than uh, than Chiefs-Bucks, honestly. But I would more like to see the Bills in the Super Bowl uh, than anybody else. I really want to see the Bills in the Super Bowl. Uh, but again, the negative part about this is, is that, geez, like if Tom Brady beats the Bills in the Super Bowl again, it'll be like nothing's changed. It, like what is interesting about things that don't change, right? Things that, like that's why I don't find like um like massive amounts of like world history to be interesting. That's why I don't find artifacts interesting. Because they don't change. It's just there. It happened. It, it It's a thing, and it will forever be the same thing. Period. Okay? Unless there's some drastic discovery, but I don't think we're going to find some drastic discovery about Tom Brady or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New England Patriots anytime soon. So I'm going to say Buccaneers and Bills is number three. Uh, number two. This is what I. Th- this was my. This was my Super Bowl pick at the beginning of the. Uh, at the beginning of the playoffs, Packers versus Bills is number two. I think this could. Pr- this could have the possibility of providing for the best football game. I think right now these are the two best teams in the NFL. Um, 
And again, I don't really see anything negative about this game. The only real negative, the only real thing that we can say about this is that this game probably has the least amount of pure storylines out of all four matchups. Okay. Like it's Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers. There's really no, you know, anything there, honestly. I, I think the Packers are the best team in the NFC. I think the Bills are the best team in the AFC. These are two good defenses that get after the quarterback. I, look, I think it makes for a good game. You know, Aaron Rodgers has played better football than anybody in the league this year. Okay. Like, it's going to be two explosive, you know, quarterback wide receiver combinations with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and uh, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. I think that. You know, that makes for, for good television right there. A little battle between Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs at wide receiver. I, I, I think, again, and this is the big one. This is the big one about this game, okay? The Green Bay Packers and the Buffalo Bills, they are two of the three smallest markets in the NFL, okay? The Packers are last. The Bills are third to last. Okay, the one in between there is is New Orleans. But Green Bay and Buffalo are two of the three smallest markets in the NFL. Okay, Green Bay, Wisconsin is the smallest media market in the United States. They are 139th in the United States in the media market. 139th. The Bills are in the 50s somewhere. I mean, to me, that's cool. Okay, these aren't dynasties. These aren't, like, forever franchises. Okay, the Bills could suck three years from now. The, nobody knows what's going on with the Packers. They drafted a quarterback in the first round. Okay, the Packers are not going to last forever, despite how well Aaron Rodgers played this year. But it just, <laughs> isn't that cool? The little guys are making it to the big time. That's the cool part. That's the really cool part about this. <laughs> Two incredibly small markets. I mean, you just you root for them. I mean, especially Buffalo. Buffalo's never won a Super Bowl. Okay, I've been to Buffalo personally. I have family up in, up in Buffalo. Okay, they care so much about their football. Okay. They don't, and it's not just the Bills. They care about, they care about UB. They care about the University of Buffalo. Okay. Like they care about football up there. It is everything. Everything is Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills football. Okay. That Bills mafia is a real thing, man. They love their stuff up there. So I think, look, that's exciting to me. That's exciting. So Packers, Bills, is number two. And then I think this is everybody's number one, right? The number one Super Bowl matchup that we should be kind of rooting for is Packers versus Chiefs. Uh, This is pretty obvious to me, right? I think it was, uh, I think last year I had it ranked at number two just because I really wanted to see Chiefs Niners. I thought Chiefs Niners was going to be the best football game that we were going to get, and it was a good football game. Um, But Packers versus Chiefs, I mean, this... This is the game that we want, you know, and again, I would be perfectly happy with Packers bills. I would be, but this would provide for the best game. First thing, 
Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are more than likely one and two in the MVP conversation this year. They're one and two in the MVP conversation. So I think that that says something. The other part of this is, is that we look at Patrick Mahomes today and we say he is the most talented quarterback, pure talent. He's the most talented quarterback that we've seen in a long time, right? He's so gifted. He's the most talented quarterback in the league. Well, before Patrick Mahomes, the most talented quarterback in the league, the the guy that we said, oh, he's going to be a future GOAT. He's We've never seen anybody with arm talent like him, with athletic ability like him, like a combination of it. It was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was, I mean, there are some people, okay, my, my good buddy Barrington Grant, who, I, who I'm uh, with the All Even Podcast Network with, I mean, he, he has Aaron Rodgers as his greatest quarterback of all time. Aaron Rodgers won one Super Bowl, and he has him as the greatest quarterback of all time just because his pure talent is unlike anything that he's ever seen. And he's not the only one that thinks that way. There's a lot of people that think that way, that just look at Aaron Rodgers and say, there's nobody else that has ever played the quarterback position that can do what he do. And the only guy that we've ever said that about since Aaron Rodgers is Patrick Mahomes, just based on pure talent, okay? like. These are two guys. Look, they're both State Farm guys, right? They both have the Jake from State Farm commercials. You know, I, it would be the State Farm Bowl, right? It, the Jake from State Farm Bowl, it would be kind of interesting. It would be that athletic ability. These two high-powered offenses, you know, loaded with speed and talent. They both run the football well. They both get after the quarterback, right? This is, look, it's like <laughs> another interesting part of this. It's the new quarterback with the old coach, right? Patrick Mahomes with Andy Reid and the old quarterback with the new coach, which is Aaron Rodgers with Matt LaFleur. I mean, this is just, it's an interesting game. And I think just based on pure football, if you're just watching this and wanting to get a a good football game, you can care less about the storylines. You can care less about anything else. I think this is the game you want. Uh, this is going. This would be an incredibly good football game. These are the two one seeds in each in each conference. The Packers have been playing better football than anybody else in the uh, in the NFL uh, uh, in recency right now. And the Kansas City Chiefs went fourteen and two. Probably would have been fifteen and one if they didn't bench everybody in Week Seventeen. I mean, who's to say that I'm right in saying the Bills are the best team in the AFC? It could very well be Kansas City. I, I mean. That's an exciting game. So that's the way I rank them. Uh, Number four for me, like I said earlier in the show today, Buccaneers and Chiefs is the one that we really don't want. So Bucks, Chiefs is four. I think Buccaneers and Bills is number three. Uh, Packers, Bills is two. And number one, clearly right now, I think is Packers versus Chiefs. I think that's the game that we should all be rooting for. Uh, Okay, I quickly want to touch on this before we make... Our final picks, our final picks for uh, the conference championship games before we lock them in. Um, so there's a little bit of a rumor going around about Deshaun Watson um, and Jets possibly trying to make a, mo- a, a run at him. And let me just say this: Patrick Mahomes is making. Uh, I'm sorry, not Patrick Mahomes. Deshaun Watson is making 39 million dollars a year on average. Now, yeah, people are going to say he's worth it because. 
I mean, look, he had a great year this year. Okay, despite him finishing four and twelve, Deshaun Watson had a great year this year. Okay, seventy point two percent completion percentage—that's insane. Led the league in passing yards with over forty-eight hundred yards, thirty-three touchdowns, only seven interceptions. He had a quarterback rating of one hundred twelve point four. He was throwing three hundred and one point four yards per game. I mean, Deshaun Watson was incredible this year, and he's only twenty-five. Deshaun Watson is 25 years old. If I'm the New York Jets, and like, because and, we all talk about this, right? What are they going to do with the number two pick? What are they going to do with the number two pick? And again, this might not, this option might not even be on the table because the Houston Texans might just say, there is no effing way we are giving up a player this good. No way. We can't trade DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson in back-to-back off-seasons. We just can't do it. There's more than a possibility that that's the case. But we always have the conversation of what are the Jets? Now they're not getting Trevor Lawrence. And they have Sam Darnold, who I think, you know, a lot of people like. What are they going to do with the number two pick? I think it was a good point made to me the other day. They really shouldn't take Penny Sewell the offensive tackle out of Oregon with the number two pick because he wouldn't play left tackle. If you're gonna cha- if you're gonna take a tackle at that high point of the draft, you better make sure he plays left tackle. You shouldn't use that pick on Penny Sewell just to sure up your right tackle position. Right? Jets have a left tackle. Makai Becton was a hit this year. He's gonna be great. So they don't really need that. So they could trade back. They could take a quarterback, right? They could take Zach Wilson. They could take Justin Fields. That they could throw us a curveball and take Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Like they could take a quarterback and move on from Sam and maybe trade Sam. But, and I think a lot of people are saying, well, they should trade back and get more picks. And that was the side that I was on. But now, if this is an option, I would absolutely trade the number two in a package of picks because they have, listen, the Jets have five first round picks in the next three years. If five first round picks, you t- trade three of those picks for Deshaun Watson. Or, or trade two of those picks in Sam Darnold for Deshaun Watson. To, uh, the Jets have 70 plus million dollars in cap space. They have a ton of cap, second most cap space in the league. Okay, this isn't like a situation where you're like the Dallas Cowboys, where you paid all your guys, and in order for you to afford Dak Prescott, you're going to ditch the whole roster and start all over again. That's really hard. If you're the New York Jets, you could just say, look, we bring in Deshaun Watson for a ton of money. And we can build the roster around him. Okay, we can mold the roster. We can look. They just hired Robert Sala as their head coach. He's great. They have a great GM and Joe Douglas. The Jets have a real shot here. Now, again, it might not be an option because the Texans might just say, <laughs> "No way, man! Absolutely no way! We're not losing a player like Deshaun Watson because he's a top five quarterback in the NFL." Right? I mean. Mahomes, Wilson, Rogers, Watson is in there. He's in that top five. I mean, I, I don't even know who would round out that top five. Maybe it's, I, I don't know, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Maybe it's one of those guys. Who knows? But look, man. I mean, they, they, <laughs> the Jets could do it. They have a surplus of draft picks thanks to to the Seattle Seahawks, right? You, you turn Jamal Adams into Deshaun Watson, I would say that's an upgrade. I think that they should find a way to make it happen. They have the assets to do it. 
Just give it a shot. And again, don't go overboard. If the Texans ask you for four first-round picks and something else, then say, no, you know what? We're just going to take our chances. Because you don't want to mortgage your future. But if it's a reasonable price for Deshaun Watson, absolutely pull the trigger. You can work with that contract if you're careful. And especially if you're a team that doesn't have a lot of, you know, they don't have a lot of guys that they want to keep. There's not, you know, like, they have a lot of guys in the cheap right now. You can build through free agency, through the draft. I mean, again, they did, the Jets did great in the draft last year. I mean, look, Denzel Mims is a nice wide receiver. Ashton Davis, that young safety is good. I mean, look, they, they got good guys out of the draft. Obviously, Makai Becton, their first round pick left tackle is a hit. He's a really good player. I think the Jets, I think the Jets did well last year. They hired a new coach. Like the, the Jets are heading in the, in the right direction. Deshaun Watson would catapult this team, catapult them. Uh, okay. So here we go. Uh, before the end of the show today, let's do this. Uh, we will pick the conference championship games, the Super Bowl that we will see. Let's begin with the NFC championship game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Green Bay to play the Packers. The Packers right now are three and a half point favorites at home. Buccaneers finished the uh finished the season eleven and five. Packers finished thirteen and three. Uh, this is Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be a great, great football game. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers to win this one. Again, there's always there's that little knot in my stomach that's saying, "Oh God, I just like you feel like Tom Brady could just pull this out because that's exact that's what Tom Brady does, right?" But the Packers are just such a better football team. Okay, they played once before earlier on in the season. The Buccaneers crushed them. It was in Tampa. This time it's going to be in freezing cold Lambeau Field. I think Aaron Rodgers, the MVP of the league, run away. He's been the best quarterback in the league this year. I think their offense is a little bit more smooth. The defenses, I think, are, are, are kind of sort of on the same level. I'd probably give a little bit of an edge to Tampa, but I think that Aaron Rodgers is a much tougher test. You have to prepare for Aaron Rodgers a lot harder than you have to prepare for Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady right now at this point in his career is the worst quarterback left. So. Again, Brady versus Rodgers, it's going to be an interesting one. You know, two legends at the position, but I do think the Packers right now are the better football team. Give me the Green Bay Packers over Tampa Bay. I'll say 27 to 22 Packers over the Bucks. Then we move to the AFC Championship game, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, right now, Kansas City, they are three-point favorites at home. Uh, Bills finished the season at 13-3. Chiefs finished at 14-2. It is Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, two spring chickens that are that are ready to go. Uh, I am going to take, again, a lot of people, they're going to be saying, uh, they're going to be saying above uh, the Chiefs here, I'm going to take the Bills. Again, number one in red zone defense is the Bills. Number 26 in red zone offense is the Chiefs. I think that's the difference of the game. Give me the Buffalo Bills to win this one. Low scoring game. I'll say 23-20 Buffalo over Kansas City. That does it for us. Enjoy the weekend. Guido's Gridiron Blitz, Landry Football Podcast Network. Mike Guido here with you.